You're listening to Milan's Cancer, a podcast about Milan's cancer. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. This is our first um, podcast in Milan. Um, and basically, my life changed in a very interesting way couple weeks back, I found out I had breast cancer, stage three. Triple negative. Triple negative. Um, and it was a crazy experience. And um, there's so much I want to talk about. And I just don't know if I can type it up in updates and people want to know what's going on. And I kind of think the best way for me to kind of tell the story is to just tell the story. So I have my good girlfriend, Jamie, here. Howdy. And we're just going to talk through some of these experiences. And we're not professional podcasters, so bear with us. We're just getting it on. Two gals sitting out across the couch going to talk through this stuff. Uh, I want to preface this because she did not intro herself to the best. But <laughs> Milan is one of the best storytellers on the planet. She always entertains by recreating what we had done the night before when we had our girl days. And I could sit and talk to her for hours, which we basically did this morning and realized it was noon and we had been setting, talking about all of the shenanigans. So now we're just going to do it and see what happens. It's so true. You know, we're not professional podcasters, but we are professional talkers. True. We Truth. can talk for hours, break down some stuff, figure some stuff out. So, mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting. I will say this, you know, anything life-changing, which weirdly both me and Jamie have had in the last year or so, um, makes you reflect, uh, you know, on a lot of different things. And, and um, you know, there's just a lot you want to say to people, but you don't want to keep saying it over and over again because, you know, with every call – with every letter, with every text, there's so much care that's coming from so many people and it's so overwhelming. Um, but I have a, a few story, a few funny stories to tell people and I wanna tell them, but it's like, unless I gathered them all in an auditorium, I'd have to keep telling the same story over and over again. So we thought maybe this podcast would be a fun way to kind of talk through it. This is gonna be a lot of therapy for me, talking yes. to one of my best friends. My husband is, is our, our silent producer. <laughs> um, and just hopefully kind of talking through this journey and getting to how I'm feeling about what's going on and, and maybe even helping someone who might come into this because one of the first things I figured out that was astounding to me, um, was how like one in eight women will have breast cancer. You will know someone, maybe several someones who has this. Um, and that doesn't include all the other cancers. And, and I just think whether it's going to be your loved one or yourself, like it's just kind of, it's a, it's a trip. So we're going to go on this journey. So, okay. So again, not great at this. So the first thing we're going to talk about is, um, pausing for intermission. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Keep going. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about is, um, finding out you have cancer. So I'm going to talk through what happened and how I found out. Um, so basically last year in 2022, my body was was just being weird for most of the year and I couldn't kind of figure out what was happening. 
it was just coming out in all these weird ways. I had all these aches and pains. I am diabetic. I wasn't sure if it was some form of my diabetes coming out. Um, it was neuropathy. I couldn't move my hands sometimes. I was in so much pain. Um, and so I uh, was seeing all these different doctors, trying to see if it was autoimmune, getting blood tests, all these different things. And in one of these scenarios around October, um, underneath my left uh, armpit, I started to, it started to look like it was accumulating like liquid basically. Like it, it looked like there was a patch full of something, which I thought was very strange. And I, I felt it. And that kind of led me down a path down my left breast to a very small little node that I'd never felt before. It felt like a pebble in your shoe, but it was in your breast. And I went to the doctor, I went to my GP, and I was just basically complaining about everything. I was telling her, like, my body is attacking. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it is definitely, you know, something's happening. Thumbs up. Yeah, and I'm frustrated. Like, no one can figure this out. And now I feel this, like, lump, you know, right here. And I put her hand on my... Weren't my, you super tired, too? I was like, super tired. I was super... And, and, and it was like, we had went on a, a trip, a few trips that year. And Jason told me later... Um, my husband had told me later, he was like, you know, it's kind of irritated with you because I was doing everything with the kids. And I was just like either feeling sick or super lethargic and I could not get pep in my step. I was taking energy, Red Bull, coffee. Like I just could not put a bounce in my in my step. And I, and I figured it was something to do with everything else that was going on. But as I'm complaining to her on the table, I'm like, and look at that, you know, look at this. She's like, ooh. Let's let's get that checked out. And um, it was at the end of October, so she put in a thing for me to go get a, a ultrasound. And unfortunately, end of the year, everyone's using their insurance. It was really hard to get an appointment. So welcome to healthcare. Welcome to healthcare. <laughs> um, and post pandemic apocalypse, trying to get seriously, in. Seriously, yeah. I wish. I think. I think if you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But it's like I do wish I had a a a, a person. I a friend and person I work with who had something kind of similar going on and she was very on it. She was like on the waiting list for any cancellations and and I wish I had been more A type, you know, about mm-hmm. getting in for that appointment, but basically they got me in and it was like 1227 or something like that. It was it was a good 2 month wait. In between that time were the holidays. Yeah. I had a death in the my grandmother died. So I flew back for a funeral. Then I had a, 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 another, a cousin die right after I came back from the funeral. So I say all that because all this was happening. Life. And I had Yeah, and I had this personal stuff kind of happening. So I, I kind of knew about it. But by the time I got to, to Christmas, by the time I got to my grandmother's funeral, I remember going home and I, I told um, one of my cousins, I, I had her feel it. It was so much bigger. It was so much bigger. It was, a, it was like a pebble when I first found it and it was, um, it was, you can noticeably feel how big it was. And, and my boob was hot, <laughs> which mm-hmm. again, not to be TMI, but it was, it was, it was, it was radiating heat. And I was like, no, you know, it's not weird. I said to my cousin, it was kind of like, you know, not looking forward, you know, kind of almost not knowing. I, I did not know. I did not think it was cancer. I thought it was something they were going to release, but I did th- thought it was acting very strange. Um, so, okay, fast forward, we get to 1227. I do my first mammogram and 
they're asking and did me, you do a mammogram or ultrasound both okay so okay. i went in for an ultrasound and they were like we would prefer if you had a mammogram on file too Jesus, did your doctor talk to you about a mammogram and i'm like i just turned 40 in june here's first thing i learned talking to many women after this <laughs> don't wait till you're 40 to get looked at like start 35-ish. Feel around. Feel, yeah, learn how to on. do it. Yeah. Self-breast exam. You know, yeah. talk to your doctor. If you don't have a history, another fun fact, 70% of like the new cases of breast cancer don't have a history of it. Nothing in my family makeup. We all died of heart attacks and diabetes, to be honest. So an old age, mm -hmm. no cancer. So, you know, none of the none of the markers would tell me to even think that way. Right. Um, but get it's like everyone who asked me like what can i do and i was like get a mammogram if you're 35 or whatever talk to your doctor talk to your insurance but go get a, a good look at those breasts so they always have a base so they can tell when things are different so the doctors you know they're like we prefer to have both it's like fine so we did the mammogram first which was fun oh we can do a whole episode on the funness of a mammogram. Just go hug a big statue. That's basically a mammogram. <laughs> like press on your breast and hug a big statue. It's the most awkward thing. Don't wear deodorant. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Um, and then after that, they took me in for the ultrasound. And having two babies, you're very used to the ultrasound experience. But it was in the ultrasound that I got nervous because she was taking so many photos mm. and I could just, I knew from, you know, having the baby, I knew what they were taking when they were doing the babies. Mm -hmm. So when they're, I was like, they know like something. They were hanging out there a long time. Yeah. Something's not good there mm -hmm. and they need a lot of photos to see what it is. So that started my nervousness. Um, and then she did, she did like a hundred photos or something crazy. Like I looked at all the clips. It was a mm -hmm. lot of photos. And I kind of, you, you you naturally kind of act like, is there, do you see more than one? Oh, you know, the doctor's going to be, you know, right in the whole thing, you know. And I will tell you this, overall, going into the experience, I went in by myself. I thought the very worst they were going to say is, we don't like what we see. Let's get a biopsy. Yep. Um, so nothing in my head told me today was going to be the day I actually got information. It was just like the step I needed to take the next step to kind of figure out what the heck is going on in there. And after she was done with the ultrasound, I got dressed a little bit. The doctor comes in with the girl who had the ultrasound tech. And the doctor, um, first thing she said to me was, when did you find this? Ugh. Which, you know, you're like, huh. I, you know, end yeah. of October. Okay. And then the second thing she said, which is a double ugh, um, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Oh, Lord. Never a good sign when a doctor says, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. And you don't want them to. But there's two things you should know when a doctor says, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. And they're not going to sugarcoat it, you know. And she just said, it's cancer. And um, the, my experience was, you don't hear anything after cancer. You, it's like a big dong goes off in your head and just rings for probably about three minutes. And they'll talk. And, and and everyone around you is like, okay, so we're, we're going to give you a love. And that's how it sounds. And then it just kind of fades away into the background. 
Um, and all that goes through in my head was just, did she say cancer? Do I have cancer? Wait, I'm not going to sugarcoat this was supposed to be, it doesn't look good. Right. Not the big C word. Not the big C. Yeah. It's my three-year-old being, um. <laughs> this is real. This is real. This is real. She also doesn't like the word cancer. <laughs> A lot, I'll. A lot of families tell me that when they hear that like it's cancer or it's whatever disease it is, they it's like they they say it's like going underwater. Yep. After you hear it and yep. everything is super muffled. Yep. And you just don't really hear a lot after that. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher. You know? Yep. And 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 you're still there. They're like, so I know this is a lot of information. You're still nodding like, uh-huh. Yeah, but you're not Hearing there. Nothing. You're not there. And then it's it that it, it, when I came back and told like you and other friends, there's so much. There's a lot of frustration. Like, how can they make that determination? There's no biopsy. Like, you know, and usually they would have a different way, of course, of doing it. Like, bring a loved one in for we're going to talk about the res test results or yeah. something like that. So I was just alone in an ultrasound room being told I have cancer with with no concept of big, small, bad, good, right. death. We can fix it. You know, you're just – and then a bunch of information like we got to get you scheduled for a biopsy. The information afterwards was talking about let's get you scheduled for a biopsy. Next steps. Right away. And that was the other – that was the other thing so that I really held on to and, and, and had a hard time with everyone who actually – looked at my breast or looked at everything, always went into stat. Everything they said to me from there was like, we're going to get this, we're going to, and we're going to put a rush. We're going to put yeah. a stat on it. And they're doing that to help you, right? Because they, they know they need to move quickly. But it scares the crap out of you. Because it's like there's cancers of spectrum. Yeah. And when they say cancer, but you don't know what, you don't know what state, you don't know metrics. Yep you automatically go to worst cancer ever. I have three months to live, you know, like. Yeah. So, you know, I I think I heard, I took the pamphlet. They gave me some information. <laughs> <laughs> they told me what number to call. Thanks. Thank God they write everything down. Yeah. Because they could be speaking Mandarin to you afterwards. Only thing you know is what's written for you to do. Right. Um. I held it together and I walked out down to the elevator. I was in the parking garage of, 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 the, of the medical facility. And I didn't cry. I called my husband in the parking lot. I didn't even make it to the car. I just got out my phone. I had cell reception. I called my husband. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, it's cancer. And then I just broke down and started bawling, walking to my car. It's cancer. And I think it's messed up because it's like he he's what? You know, and 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 I have no more information. Right. That's why because I called you. I called him. This is also this is not an order of love or anything like that, but I'm just saying I called him. I think I called you before I called my mother because I couldn't comprehend. So my friend Jamie, who's here with me, um, hails from the nursing industry. <laughs> And I've called her for every medical situation with myself or my children first. Let me, I, pre let me preface. I'm a pediatric nurse 
specializing in pediatric oncology and like picky NICU stuff. So in the kid department, I am like a wealth of knowledge, but and cancer, unfortunately. But when it comes to adult cancers and adult things, it's like, okay, let me uh, let me do a little research here. Never, <laughs> never met a nurse though who doesn't have a little bit of everything in terms of knowledge about what you're going through. Okay, so rule number one of life for me is always have a friend who's a nurse. <laughs> Through the medical, like I'll always have a friend who's a nurse. I get a lot of fun pictures of like rashes yes. and, and things. Yeah, t- takes you down from DEFCON, you know, yeah. 50,000 to, you know. But I called you to kind of like, I, I needed you to make sense yeah. of what I just heard. And I was going on so little information. Yeah. Right? So I called you, called my mom. Um and uh, one of my, my very good friends who's also um, my boss. <laughs> and um, I just said, I was, you know, at that point I was bawling. Like, yeah. I, I have cancer. I have, ca- I have cancer. And it, at this point it's, you know, it's stage four. I have two weeks to live yeah. with cancer because yeah. I don't know anything else. Yeah. And that, that was kind of how I found out. And then, and then I drove home. From like Santa Monica to out to the beach area. Just so yeah, that was what it was like to that day changed everything. Um, it's still changing everything. And that's that was that was my how I found out. And I think now I think we want to talk about we're gonna talk about what it's like when you hear what goes I'm telling you what's going through my mind when they tell you you have cancer but I'm also very interested to hear what it was like when you found out someone you cared about had cancer well we so you called me on your way in and we oh, had talked right. so you called me and you're like hey and I was asking you about like like you had had a lot going on in your life you know your grandmother died your dad was in town there was a lot yeah. going on and I was asking how's your dad How's that? How's everything going? How are the kids? And you were like, listen, I got to tell you something. And I was like, okay. And you said, I've got a lump and I'm having it checked out. I'm like going there now. And I was like, like when? And you were like, well, I'm driving there now. And I, I kind of went into, I was like, okay, well, have you had a history? Like I kind of went into nurse mode a little, like, have you had anything? And you told me, you were like, actually, I had a lump when I was in college. Yep. Yep. And I had it removed. Well, my, I, I have a, a, a mama rose. It's like a second mom in my life. And she had just had the same thing happen to her like a month before this. And I was like, you know, but, you, and I didn't know all of the undertone of it was warm. It had been since October. Like we didn't talk logistics or specifics. Not too details. Yeah. I was just like, oh, well, that's, pro- I bet that's what it is. I bet you have fibrous boobs. It's probably that. They're probably going to do a little checky check. They may do a biopsy. Boodly boo. Yeah. It'll be fine. So you get there, you're going in the garage, you're done. And I rem- and I told you, call me after, you know, just, just so I know. Yeah. And I went back in and we were in blue at the time. And I told Brian and I told Phyllis, I think she was like there. And I was like, I and I told them just because I was like, it was getting close to dinner. I was like, I'm just going to keep my phone close in case Milan calls back. So I, I, you call and I pick up and the all you said was it's cancer oh my god it's cancer and in my head I was like 
wait a second, they haven't biopsied. In my head, like, I went to- how do to, we get there? Yeah. I, in my head, I was like, okay, if they're saying cancer and all they have is an ultrasound- Yeah, yeah. It must be vascularized. I'm like, I'm like going through this tiddly bit of what it must be. For them to say to you, because I talked, because I talked to you a couple times that day, and into the night, I remember that. So you, we talked, we we talked, and you you said all of that, and then it was clear to me, because I I did I asked you I was like, have you talked to your mom? Have you talked to Jason? Yeah, and and you like we got through a few questions, and you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna call. I think you might have said I'm gonna call my mom or whoever. And I was like, I'm going to check in on you a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I I got off the <coughs> phone and Brian, his his late wife had gone through breast cancer. Yeah. And I all I did was walk through the door and they knew it wasn't good. So he gave me a big old hug. And, you know, and so I called you a few hours later. By then you'd had a little gummy. <laughs> I had a little gummy action. And you were like yep so this is what and we kind of talked a little legit i was like did they like what are next steps i asked you and you had said well they told me i got to do this this and this and we're like okay so here we go and the bizarro bizarro thing and i don't remember what friend i was talking to i remember saying i was reading something about breast cancer and i remember it saying like one in eight women Mm -hmm. get breast cancer and i was like you know, I don't really know of anyone like in my inner circle. Yeah. And then this happened and it was like, it brought it into reality. Like, holy Moses. <coughs> that was actually a good point too when you said, I'm going to check back in with you. You did that a lot those first couple of days because I was can, all over the place. You can tell when someone is not in a headspace to like have a full on <laughs> discussion or to talk about legit. So it was like, I could tell that you, I could get a few things and then it was like, okay, it's overwhelming. It's time to, um, it's, it's time to like put a break on it and we'll get back. We'll get back to it. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. She got, she got a little cough. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's, and I guess dealing with families that are coming up with a cancer diagnosis for a kid or whatever, you start learning when someone's checking out and you just can't keep talking, you know, you, and it's the same with your friends. Like you don't want to just keep talking at you. You, you want it to be um, not just meaningful, but informative. So it's like, you know, you would ask me questions and I would give you, a medical answer or give you an answer to your stuff but it was like at some point you could just tell okay that's enough and let's either talk about the kids or i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna call you a little later and check in and then go from there <coughs> i'm sorry it's just, it's just gonna be a good. podcast me coughing what were you thinking when um, i said cancer it was kind of surreal because you, uh, you know, I mean, dealing with kids with cancer and with life, life threatening illnesses, you kind of go through, you know, a mode of like, okay, let's go through, let's go through the steps, let's educate, let's do all these things. Part of it is it's very different 
when it's someone that you really care about and that's a part of your life because you catch yourself going through that, but then you have all these feelings. I mean, you know, you're my, you're one of my people. And so it's not, it's like with patients, you can, you, you're dealing with the diagnosis with them, you're educating, you're doing all this, but then you get to go home and check out. And when it's, when it's someone close to you, you know, it's, it's consuming because it's like, you know, I worry about you. I worry about, I worry about your husband. I worry about your kids. I worry about your family. I'm like, okay, let's talk. Like I can talk to you about logistics. I can talk to a family about logistics and give them the go to. But then for you, I'm like, this is like a life altering thing that I'm watching my friend go through and I'm up front and center seeing it happen. So it's a very different feel. (coughs) It's, it's, um, it's it's the emotion and the the stuff that goes through it it's like it's raw it's very raw i feel like what i remember two things i loved one was that first day i think we may have talked three times or something first or second day and you were angry like why would they tell you yes you have cancer you're by yourself at a mammogram yeah you, I remember I could hear, you know, when, you know when your friend is angry and the pronunciation is right at the right point. And it, it was, and at this point oh, I was mixed. gummied. I was, yeah. I was gummied to calm down and I was laying in bed and I was like, I don't know, Jamie. But I remember saying, she didn't seem confused. She didn't seem wishy-washy. She didn't seem iffy about it. She didn't say it could be, not be. Yeah. She was very much like, no. And I, and I said to you, I said, I asked her, I said, once the donging had stopped in my head, the one question I got out was like, how do you know? And she had said, it, I've never n- not seen it. I've never not seen it like it not be yeah. the answer. Yeah. And you were like, what? <laughs> what kind of answer is that? <laughs> now, mind you, it's perfectly wonderful technician and doctor at this accredited facility just see things so much. They, they knew and they were trying right. to get... Right. You know, me moving. Yeah. But I remember very specifically saying, well, well, Jamie, what would make them so sure? And you were like, well, if it's vascular, I'm going to yeah, let you vascular, explain vascular. Because yep, you had explained, I was like, what is vascular? But, yeah, has and if it has source. a blood source. Yep. So, and and I want you to explain it just like you did to me. Like, what did you, how is vascular... I, I I was like, could she tell if it was vascularized? Which just means like, if a tumor has a bl- a blood source, it's basically like a food source. Then it's like, okay, that's that's pretty yeah, a tail a little bit of a telltale. And I remember you telling me like, because I was you know again, whenever you're sick with anything is when you start to learn all the terms, all the terms. Yeah. I was like, okay, vascular. And I remember you describing it as sticky, oh. like it couldn't it like um. Like you can't just go in and cut it out. Can't just go in and grab it. It's It's, like embedded. It's it's sticky. It's embedded. Yeah. So the next day, when we got the full notes from the the notes from the mammogram and the ultrasound went to my GP. In there, it said it had a blood source and it was vascular. All the two things you said it would have to be for them to be confident that it was cancer. Yeah. Was in there. Yep. So that was the first thing, and then a couple days later. The second thing I loved was we had talked probably twice a day or maybe even three times a day for those first couple days. And then I said to you, so I'm going to act like I don't have cancer. 
Yes. And you're going to act like I don't have cancer for yep. the next few days. I had I'd gotten my biopsy appointment, which yep. another funness. Don't take ibuprofen or anything. Oh, yeah. Remember, I had five to wait, days before. I had to wait, wait five, five days, days. Yep. to get my biopsy. Yep. No NSAIDs, people. No, no NSAIDs. NSAIDs. Yeah. And and I came home, took gummies and an ibuprofen. <laughs> just did all the wrong things to just further this funness, which just take took us into the learn. new year. Yep. Exactly. Live and learn. Live and learn. And so we had we had to get on with our lives because it was New Year's. It was coming into New Year's Eve. And yes. we had to get on with our lives for a minute. I wasn't going to get an appointment to the 5th. Yep. Yep. And so I, I remember she called, Jamie called and I said, okay, we're going to pretend like I don't have cancer for a couple of days because there's nothing we can Until do. Until the fifth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's only, I can't, we're just, I'm going to drive myself nuts. You're going to be up there in blue driving yourself nuts, trying to check on me. Yep. And we're so just we're, going in circles. Yep. So that was probably the healthiest thing we did was just pretend totally. I didn't have cancer and for And everyone days. would call me and they're like, okay, what's the plan? We're going to do it. And I was like, well, right now we're pretending. We're, now we're we pretending. Until yep. the 5th, we do not have cancer because <laughs> there's nothing we can do. And that's what we're doing. And everyone was like, okay, yeah. that's what we're going to do. Like, yeah. all right, done and done. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, I think it's, I, I mean, <laughs> there's my three-year-old again. I'm talking, I, I'm talking in, in this podcast, obviously for therapeutic reasons and not even sure that lots of people are going to hear this, but I'm going to pretend like we're also going to educate too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the as the patient, there were two things I I loved most because it was just so rocky, so yeah. emotionally rocky, um, and so raw those first few days. Was only talking to me for periods of time, and then giving me breaks. Like, okay, I'm going to call you back. And then calling me back. And even if it was just to say, okay, good night. Yep. Yep. You good? Okay, yep. cool. Yep. Because my brain couldn't operate more than like 20 minutes at a time. Yep. Because it would always just veer yep. back to, I have cancer. I have cancer. I'm going to die. I'm going to yeah. have cancer. Yep. My kids are young. Oh my yep. God. I'm going to, you know. Yep. And then the second thing was the pretending. Yeah. When we both said we would pretend. Yep. I didn't um and we did keep talking we just we didn't did. talk about it it did it we made me feel less else. alone yeah it really did like it wasn't just like I was pretending and everyone else wasn't it was like no we're all pretending yep and we're just gonna go enjoy life for a few days and, yep. and we're gonna work we're gonna put get ahead of this when when we have something to get ahead of yeah now you said you were you had mentioned that you found it interesting like different oh, the different people, reactions the different yes. reactions of people tell oh tell us a little bit about that I don't know how because I works. find this intriguing well everyone you, who gets this diagnosis has to go through this and and, and you you are you are different things to different people mm-hmm. and they are different things to to you it's interesting how you naturally just you have people in your life you have a cheerleader you have a hard ass hard butt mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. uh you have um a technical person, you have a, you know, there's all these. So um, I won't go into exactly who had what reaction, but I had everything from, um, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'll be honest, that was my husband. <laughs> um, to anger. By the way, that's a fair response. Fair response. Like, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah, it was, oh honey, I'm so, you know, and then yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he went and broke down for a minute yeah, before yeah. I got home. It was very helpful actually to drive. Everyone Fair. kept telling me to pull over or let's figure out another way for you to get home. But the drive was actually about an hour, 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. And um, that was where my mind could just 
scream, cry, mm -hmm. you know, and then mellow. Yeah. So when I got home, I didn't scare the heck out of the kids. But I called a few close people on that drive. I had a couple of angers. <laughs> you were angry from a nurse's perspective. I have a really good friend in Arizona who has had cancer before. She had ovarian cancer. Um, and she also currently has a tumor in her head. And so she was real. I really wanted to go on her because she's been through a lot. She's living been, with yes, it, you know, yep, and, and yep. we're we're makeup wise, we're very similar. We use comedy as our coping mechanism. So I, and she was the she also had an anger. How the heck did they give you that at the mammogram? She's like, what is going on? You know, and I was right. Like, I was trying to explain to her, and I was telling her what you said about you know da 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 da. And so, so that was the anger response. Um, my very very good friend and boss. Uh, he he went straight into, you're gonna be okay. We're gonna figure this out. You we're not gonna we're not gonna go cheerleader negative. Yeah, almost like like um, Barry Blank's boxing, Billy, Bla Billy yeah. Blank's Billy boxing, like yeah. cheerleading but forceful. Yeah, like we're not even gonna talk about you dying. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that. We're not going yeah. there. You're gonna be get okay. out of there. Yeah, get, get out, out of there. there. That's yep. not where your head needs to be. Yep. Um, my mom was very scared. Um, but everything in her was was kind of she, on the phone. She went straight into okay. We got to stay positive. We got to stay positive. Later, she told me and Jason that she actually fell to her knees. Like she oh, I'm just. Sure. You know, it was, you know, I'm her only kid, you know, yeah. so it's, it's just like, what? And she just lost her mom. Yep. And, and she doesn't live close. And she doesn't so live she close. she can't run over. She can't put her hands on me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was just one of those where like, we're going to stay positive because that's what's going to get us through is positive. You know, you yeah. got to see that's the best medicine is positivity. Um, My husband's mother, who also went through stage three or stage four colon cancer. Um, they're very religious, and she went straight into um, about how she talked about how she talked to God. Yeah, how she got through with positivity, but she mm -hmm. also talked to God, and mm -hmm. how that was helpful for her. So everyone had these very different reactions, um, all positive, all uplifting, but it, it, how do I say it? It's like. Okay, this is, I'm usually good with analogies, but this probably isn't going to be a good one. But when you go into your kitchen, you have a spoon for spoon stuff. You have a fork for fork stuff. You have a knife for, for knife stuff. It's kind of the same thing with your tribe, mm -hmm. with your village. Those first few people you call and throughout the people you call, there is a knife, a fork, and a spoon. There is people who give religious comfort because that's what comforted them yeah. and i have to admit it comforts me in some ways a lot of ways too yeah there is hard yep we're not going to go negative we're yep. not going dark yep you know i'm going to yell at you to keep running kind yep. of you know and then and there is informational inf like factual okay mm -hmm. let's go through it what's the, what do we need to do mm -hmm. what do we do, 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 do that do we do that okay all right all right so you're good we've got what the list game says plan. to do yep. we've got the game plan where are you mentally? Okay, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I kind of called my spoon, fork, and knife Yeah, for what I needed at the time. Yeah, You know, the only thing I didn't have was anyone break down. <laughs> Which, 
you know that you never here's the thing here's what i'll tell you as the friend or the person that's watching someone you care about go through cancer or any i'll say any type of life-threatening illness never break down more than they do right at least in front of them yeah now, mind you i cried yeah I, I definitely did i did not cry you know with you but it's like that's you shouldn't have to comfort all of us. <laughs> this is you are going through this. It's like no, no one, yeah. no one did that. Yeah. Thankfully. So don't be that person that like just falls apart oh, in front of the person. That's oh my god! Yeah. It. Like that's it might be comedic relief to some people, but <laughs> just don't be that person. Let's not be that. Person. No, no. Yeah. I mean, even hearing my mom fell to her knees, I'm glad I heard it later. After. Yeah. 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 But thankfully, everyone kept it together. Yeah. So then I could cry. Because those first few calls, I was yeah, as you I was should. distraught. Yeah, as you should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was that was that day. Then the in the first in the next couple of days, and we're gonna go through all kinds of segments. We're gonna call them segments, I guess, on this thing. Yeah. But um, we're definitely gonna, the big one is gonna be, I think, the question of, am I gonna die? Baby, you give me ice and fire. You've been listening to Milan's Cancer. For more information, go to www.milanscancer.com. That's M Y L A N S C A N C E R.com. Don't leave me here